brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Tuning in to Chaos Culture Radio. Dropping knowledge in the studio, you already know. Hey, you, do you see your subscribers went up on um on your Instagram? People starting to follow you. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all the guys. Cause they started like, hey, who's that? Who's that? What? Right. Hey, come on, come Listen. On. Yeah, they saw, they saw you on my page and they're like, who's that? Oh, okay. listen, listen, Miss Shotwell, you should already know the niggas was gonna follow you. I was like, who are these people like you? Should, you should already know, man. You should already know, like, that shouldn't be no surprise. That shouldn't be no surprise. Hold on, we, we, we back at it again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back again with me and some of my friends and a new friend. This is Prince Arkan. This is Chaos Culture Radio. And this is your man, Ronnie Ron. It's your boy, New Jordan Era. Let's go. Let's get it. Ron, you're going to have to do the intro. You're going to have to introduce her. Yeah, this one right here is um because everybody understands what's going on in the world with the mass shooting, especially when it comes to mental health. That's one of the things that's plaguing the, back, um, plaguing the Black community. And, you know, one of, and also, also playing the Black community is also the, the murder rates as well. But mental health is the biggest thing that everybody's dealing with right now in today's society. And I think you, I think everybody know on this panel, Master P recently just lost his daughter due to mental health mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I had to bring up, for some reason, I saw this lovely woman you see on the panel today. She goes by the name of uh, Shaquana. She was here. I saw her and I was like, yo, she, she, and her, on her platform, she talked about mental health. I say, you know, it'd be a good look for her to come on the show with a group of black men and talk about mental health and how can we better our society and to learn more about mental health and how can we tackle it on head on. And it's great to have her on the show. And as you can see, she's a very lovely, black, beautiful queen. So she's about to get ready to go in. Great to have you. 
Thank you for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be on the show today. Um, like you said, I'm an advocate for mental health. I myself am a therapist, and I also do nonprofit work with children surrounding mental health as well. So this is something that's really, you know, dear to my heart because something I do notice is that the Black community don't share mental health. Mental health is not one of our top priorities. So I'm glad that we're talking about this today. No, wonderful, wonderful. Um, so I did see, I, are you a teacher? I'm a therapist. You're okay, okay, okay. So I did, I, I, I did see that. So I want you to like talk to a lot of our viewers as far as like what, what is your first thing when the conversation of mental health comes up? What, what the first thing you, you try to? That is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's no simple way that I could put it. That's like the simplest way that I could put it. Um, coming from an African American family, you know, like I said, in the Black community, mental health is like. Oh my gosh, like what? You know, I just want to take away all the stigma that's surrounding around the talk about mental health and why mental health should be a priority. You know, we focus on the outer so much, but the yeah. inner messed up, you know? And like I was saying the other day, I was talking to somebody about it, and I was like, well, when we were in school, the first thing we were taught about science was the brain controls the body, right? So it's kind of like if you don't take care of your mental health, how do you expect your physical body to even operate, operate properly? Yeah. So it kind of goes together. So that's something that, you know, I really want people to understand that your mental health is a top priority. It's actually even more of a priority than your physical health is, because if you're not right mentally, your mind can destroy your entire body, your, your entire life, you know, and that's why we see so many people that deal with mental health issues. Either they end up committing suicide or they end up killing, killing other people. And because, you know, like I'm not trying to make excuses for what they're doing, but I just want to shed light on this situation so people can know, you know, how important it is to take care of your mental health. Now, I do I do appreciate I do appreciate you mentioning that because I, I don't think um it's not talked about enough. But, you know, if, you know, one thing when you talk about that with old folks, old folks say you don't need ain't nothing wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or, you know, I mean, there's no need to be talked about. I also think that. um there's a lot of contributing factors that we we think that so look at it i look at it from this point i want you to chime in on this sometimes we can see somebody acting funny but don't know how to approach the situation so even even with kids now sometimes there's certain behavior we see in kids that can be a precursor for things that could be later on but Sometimes we just think, oh, that kid just bad or stuff like that. So where, how, where, I want to know what made you wanted to get in something like that. Because that, what you're in is a very, becoming a therapist is a very selfless thing to do. You know what I mean? So it, it had to come from, it, is that something, something happened in life with made you shift your focus on wanting to do that? Because that's like, um, you have to have some type of love or had to been something traumatic for that to, to, to pick a field like that. Yeah, um, I'm glad you asked me that because today I had officially made up my mind that I was actually going to be more open about my childhood and why I do the things that I do. Because, you know, a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, you know, this and this and that. Like I talk to people and I'm always telling them, you know, you got to forgive. You know, you got to be happy. You got to do this. And then they look at me and they think my life is so perfect. And I'm like, I promise you, if I tell you my story, then mm. you'll tell you you got to forgive. Why you got to take care of your mental health? Why you have to do these things? But briefly, I would say for me, it's childhood. And this is where everything starts for everybody. I cannot express this enough. 
everything starts in childhood. That's why parenting is so important. As a parent, you basically take on that responsibility to create a person. This is what you're doing because everything that you teach this child, everything that you do to this child, everything that you say to this child, everything this child see you're doing, an example that you're setting, this is what's basically president for your child. Like when they grow up, everything they are is basically what happens to them in their childhood. And it's up to us, whether that was a good experience or a bad experience, to make that into something better. And as for me, I'm not going to say like my childhood was really, really bad, but I will say that my childhood was a typical Black American childhood, you know, dealing with the things, you know, with a Black mother that has not dealt with her unheld trauma. So now she's putting that trauma on me. You know what I'm saying? Like just a lot of things that I see that's pretty much familiar and a lot of us share these same stories because I give therapy to a lot of Black women, to a lot of Black men, to a lot of children. And the stories are always the same. And, and this is what really made me want to start talking about this publicly because a lot of times when we suffer from things and when we go through things, we think it's just us. Or we feel like, oh, well, I'm the only one feeling like this. Or, you know, why I have to go through so much? But then when you start talking to other people and you're like, man, you went through the same thing I went through. Uh-huh. You know, people say this too sometimes. Like people will post stuff on social media and then people are like, oh, man, I feel like we all had the same childhood. And it's really kind of like that, you know, because it's a cultural thing that I'm starting to see, which is really connecting us as a Black community and what's happening to us as adults. So I'm going to just give you an example, because um, this is something that's like, I'm pretty sure a lot of us have heard. But when it comes to children as a child, I've heard plenty of Black parents say this. And I only speak to Black parents because I'm a Black person. So it's, it's nothing against Black people or any other race, but I can only relate to you know where I'm from. But um, as a child growing up, Parents would say this, oh, stay in a child's place. You know, don't be friends with your children. Your children are supposed to fear you. You know, oh, don't talk. Why are you talking to them? Don't cry. Why are you crying? Stop crying. All of these things that happen to you in your childhood, all it does is create an adult that would not know how to manage their emotions. You know why? Because every time you got emotional, your, your parent told you to shut up or they told you, oh, why are you crying? You shouldn't feel that way. Your emotions were never validated. So now as, a, as an adult, you was always told to shut up as a child. So now you don't know how to articulate your feelings, you know, or you shut down because as a child, this is what was always told to you. Or even something as simple as um, I've heard parents say this all the time, like I say, your child should fear you. You shouldn't be a friend to your child. But guess what? You create a whole life around your child of them fearing you to try to make them to try to have authority over them. But then as they become a teen, guess what parents are saying when you're a teenager? Oh, my child don't talk to me. I can't get her to talk to me. She won't tell me nothing. She won't share nothing with me. That's because as her whole life, up until her teenage years, you didn't want her to talk to you. You wanted her to fear you. You wanted her just to respect you. All you wanted to do was to assert this authoritative figure in her life. So now that she's a teenager or she's a young adult, she don't see you as somebody that she can talk to. She don't see you as somebody she can share her secrets with. She don't see you as somebody that's a safe space where she can come connect with you and be herself. So these are some of the issues that we're dealing with in the Black community. And like I said, it all stems from childhood. So everything that your parent instilled in you from a child, now as an adult, you're trying to navigate through these relationships. And people are like, Shaquana, why are you like this? You know, why you feel, why you don't like to share things with people? Because I had trust issues because I felt like I could never trust my mother. So now me trying to build friendships with other people, I couldn't do that because I didn't trust them. So these are some of the things that people deal with. But they, some people, I'm going to say this, 
Some people don't know why they're like this. And then there are some that do know, but they don't know how to fix it. But I will say this, it all starts with childhood. Everything starts there. That's why the first thing I do when I meet with clients, I always go back to their childhood. You know, like what's our relationship you have with your mom? What's our relationship you have with your dad? Because your parents basically set the entire foundation of every relationship that you have. So as a male, the relationship that you have with your father is going to be the same way that you interact with other males. The as a male, the relationship that you have with your mother is the same way that you're going to interact with other women. It's the same thing for women. The relationship that you have with your mom is the same way you're going to interact with, your, with other women. And the same relationship that you have with a man, with your father, is the same way you're going to interact with other men. And as for me, my relationship with my mother was kind of strained. So when it came to me building friendships, I always had issues because it was me having issues with being in relationships with other women. Now, as for relationship with my father, we're extremely close. I could tell him anything. So I never had a problem in intimate relationships because I already had that foundation with my father. He had already set that good foundation with me. So I always, like some of my closest best friends are males. And that's because of the relationship that I had with my father. So that's why it's so important to go back to that childhood. And that's why I'm here today doing what I do. <laughs> no, but I want, I want to ask you a question because you mentioned the fact of the males. Because, you know, especially black men, we all taught as men to not cry. To not cry on a, on a, on a, on a woman's shoulders or to keep our emotion to ourselves, to work it out, not to express ourselves. What, uh, can you give us some intake of what black men should do the uh, best way for them to release themselves, to express their emotion the correct way? I will say for one, the correct way is always talking about it. Now, I will say this because these are some of the things that I hear. Oh, I can't trust anybody. Or, oh, you know, don't nobody want to hear that. Oh, I don't want to dump all my mess on somebody else. There's always somebody you can talk to. You have to find somebody you can talk to. And then if you don't want to talk to somebody, write it in a journal. This is this is always my second choice. You know, my first choice is for you to be able to talk to somebody else. But I do understand as for men, a part of mentality that was already set in you from a childhood that basically the mentality is, you know, in order for a man to appear strong, he has to hold in his emotions. He can't, you know, he can't show shame or he can't show fear kind of like that i know everybody's seen the 300s kind of like that 300 sparta type thing <laughs> you know they have going on and honestly it's really killing black men it's killing your relationships it's killing your friendships it's killing it you know because now you have this person that wants to share that intimate part with you and they can't because you're not telling them what's going on you know what i'm saying so if you're in a relationship with someone and you're not able to share those parts of you, but they're sharing those parts with you, it's almost like it, it creates an unbalance. You understand what I'm saying? So now it's like you have this woman pouring everything into you, all of her issues, all of her problems, but you don't have an outlet. So the second choice for me, like I said, would be to journal it. I know some men probably don't have journals, but hey, write it down. You don't even have to have a journal. Get your piece of paper every day at the end of the day. And just write down your thoughts, write down your feelings, because when you write it down, you're also getting it out of you. That's my whole thing. I just want you to get it out of you, because as long as it remains inside of you, it's just going to fester and then it's going to harbor. And then what end up happening is every time you encounter something else that's like similar to what you went through, you're going to use that same feeling and that same expression. And that's how you're going to basically deal with that problem. So it's better to kind of just write it down. And then if you can't write it down, something else that's really, really good to do, exercise. 
you know, physical activity. Physical activity is another way to kind of get things out, okay? Like energy. Because basically what you're doing is you're transferring that emotional energy into physical energy. So now instead of you having all that in your head, now you're just running it out. You know, like I'm a runner. I used to run track. So this is something I used to do before I started getting into mental health. These are some of the things that I did. I journaled and I used physical activity to kind of get all that stuff out of me. And I don't know if you guys go to the gym, but I know you hear like gym rats always talking about it. They're like, yeah, man, when I leave the gym, I feel so good, man. I just feel like a new person. And the reason why, because you're just getting all of that stress out of you. You know, you're getting all of those thoughts out of you. You're listening to your music. Now your mindset is changing. Now that energy, all that energy, that emotional baggage is basically transforming into some physical energy. Now you just basically got all this energy and you just running it out or whatever you choose to do. If you lift weights or play basketball or whatever it is, find you some type of physical activity, which I know a lot of men probably will prefer that route because most men that I do counsel, that's what they say. They'd be like, yeah, man, I'd rather just go to the gym. That works too. But whatever you do, get it out and try to get it out within that same day if possible. Okay. Um, I have a question. Um, how, especially for the parents, how important um, is for parents to do like maybe daily, weekly, or monthly check-ins for their children? Because I feel like it's in our Black community, uh, we really don't really check in with our children like that just to see what their mentals are. Can you tell us how important it is to check through daily checks or month weekly checks for your children? It's so important. I'm glad you asked me that. I just did a video on this um, because I went to this career day that I did last week at this school. And every time I'm around kids, I always ask them, can you talk to your parents? You know, can you feel like you can share everything with them? Do you feel safe in your home? You know, these type of questions I ask children. And out of, I want to say over 200 kids that I've seen, they probably were like, 30 kids that say that they feel like they can talk to their parents. 30 kids that say they feel like they're safe in their home with their parents and they feel like they can be themselves around their parents. That's another big thing. Check in with your kids every day. We, we're not perfect. You know, I'm a mother myself and I'm not going to pretend like I'm the best mom in the world. But what I will say is everything that I felt my parents didn't give me, I try to give my kids. You know, everything I don't understand, I try to research. I try to learn about it. I think as parents, sometimes we look at ourselves like, We've already done the work by having our children and taking care of them. And then we kind of forget the emotional aspect of it. So what I would say is checking with them every day. You got to wake them up for school. You got to pick them up from school. So these are the questions I ask my, my son when I pick him up from school because he's the youngest. So I'm like, hey, you know, how was your day? How was school? Of course, all kids will say it was good. OK, well, what was good about it? Tell me something good about it. Okay, well, he'll probably say most, he always say P.E. He's like, oh, yeah, P.E. or art. Okay, well, tell me what was good about M.P.E. or art. So now I'm basically interacting with him. I'm letting him know that I care about his day. That's very important because as parents, our children look up to us. They look up to us for approval. So they want to know, like, we care about how they feel. So I'm not just going, I'm not just okay with the, oh, my day was fine, mommy. It was okay. Okay, no, tell me what was fine about the day. So I think it's a, it should be an everyday thing. I know some parents probably, you know, especially if you're a single parent, you might not have the time, you might work two jobs. At least try to do it three or four times. The more, the better. And it could be something so simple as, how are you feeling? My daughter, she's older, so I can really get deep down with her, you know? And she gave me the things of why children don't talk to their parents. That came from her. I asked her, I said, hey, you know, do you feel like you can talk to me? She's like, yeah, mommy, I can talk to you. I was like, well, you feel like you can tell me anything? She's like, yeah, I feel like I can tell you anything. I was like, okay, well, why do you think children feel like they can't talk to their parents? And these were the things she told me. She's like, because they might not believe them. I don't know. You know, they might think you're lying or they don't listen to us. 
They don't care about how we feel. And this is coming from a 12-year-old. So I think it's very important. I think sometimes, too, as parents, we also, we don't consider how smart children are. That's another thing. Like, I've heard parents tell me, they're like, oh, I didn't think she would understand. No, children understand. <laughs> they really do understand. Some of them know more than what we know. <laughs> If you actually sit down and start asking them questions, and then if they don't understand, you can help them understand. That's what parenting is all about. So I think it's very important. Oh, my gosh. It's extremely Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Important because before, I'm going to just give you a story just to tell you how important it is. Because I tell everybody this story too. Before I like started doing my own entrepreneurial stuff, I used to work for um, something we call here about with the child protection team. I was in child welfare for over 10 years. And a part of that team, I was a forensic interviewer. So I pretty much knew all children that was like physically or sexually abused. I had this one child, the case came in for mental abuse, okay? He was being mentally abused in his home, mentally abused in school. They were bullying him, calling him fat, and his parents were doing the same thing. So that's even worse. So I interviewed this child, I spoke with him, and um, I basically verified it for a mental abuse. And my recommendation was for him to be removed out of the house with his parents into a safer home. Because at the time, I feel like his parents, even with me talking to them, they still didn't get it. It was more so like, oh, we just want him to lose weight. He need to lose weight. And I'm like, listen, listen, listen. Forget about the weight. We, we're on his mental condition right now. I'm trying to get you to understand his mental state right now. Long story short, six weeks later, this is an eight-year-old boy. It was on the news, so I can't say any names. An eight-year-old boy, you guys, went into his parents, his father's closet, got his gun and shot himself. Eight years old because he was being bullied at school and bullied at home. So that's how important it is to check in with your children every day. I could just stop. That's how important it is right there. Let me ask you something. In hindsight, because you seem very knowledgeable about a lot of things, I want to ask, do you feel coming from the era we came from, and as you are a little bit older now, you have you have kids, do you think a lot of things we did growing up were very dysfunctional compared to like being older and just deja vu about it? Oh, yeah. As a child, I think about um like riding the school bus, how we used to have them little rank sessions, and we used to rank on each other and have them little roasting sessions mm -hmm. and stuff in school, because a lot of the adults that I deal with now, 
when I go back to their childhood, I'm like, dang, this is why they like this. You know, like you ever met, and I'm giving an example. Um, you ever met a person where they always feel like they have to attack people first? It's almost like they have to get one off first. That comes from somebody who's been bullied their whole life. So now instead of them, you know, instead instead of you getting them, they like, oh no, nah, you ain't finna get me. I'm finna get you first. I'm finna make you feel bad before you try to make me feel bad. And and that is something that basically comes from someone who dealt with bullying in their childhood and probably still deal with it, you know, now even in their adulthood. So something so simple as those little rank and roasting sessions that we used to do, it causes stuff like that. You know, those are the long-term effects of it if we don't get it checked. So that's why now as a mother, I tell my kids, I'm like, look, don't bully nobody. Don't talk yeah. about don't say nothing bad about nobody's kids because you don't know their situation. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you say that. I want to even express something that I think I've even personally went through. And you probably remember this back in the days as well. So and I know I know some people who s- still deal with this to this day, even though it's not as prevalent. You remember you remember when Haitians you know, I'm Haitian. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Now, growing up, our counterparts was not very nice to us. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know several people who became sociopaths due to the bullying from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm talking about literally guys where they lost their screws because didn't go back to school, didn't do nothing like that. Some people was probably not as strong as me. And I even think that even for my sake, too, I got tired of it. I just came back to school with a, with a knife. I say niggas is just dying. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So 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 you you do say something that's very prevalent. I still know people who talk about this, who even to this day have some type of um, issues with Black Americans. And I say it's really not that serious. You know, sometimes you got to say kids don't know no better because a lot of these kids have some type of trauma going in their own house. So sometimes they try to pick the lesser ones. I even think. That's an underlying issue that people do not like to talk about the, the 90s era mm-hmm. where they was telling Haitians, eat cat, go back to your own country. You know what I mean? Like, and they they start to not understand why they used to have a lot of these gangs start to come out of this and stuff like that, even amongst our own people. So you do hit on some very touchy subjects that I know a lot of people are going to watch and say that as kids, even as adults, we still reliving some of these things every single day. I get triggered by when somebody just say some dumb shit. Yeah. Like it's just on some like, okay, I'm just ready to smash on. But you know what I mean? And that's just from being in, that's from being growing up in a hostile environment every day. Like, you know what I mean? It's like PTSD. And I don't think people understand that growing up in a ghetto, you have PTSD. What 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 what, what area you grew up in? Um, I grew I went to Shanahan High School in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, so you, oh, okay, you from Broward, okay. Okay, yeah. so you, you don't know too much about Liberty City, do you? They called my school the Haitian High School. Oh, so yeah. I school with a lot of Haitians. No, that's what uh, they call, they yeah. call it. People still pick on me when I be like, I want to show hand. They be like, oh, you went to the Haitian High School? I be like, man, whatever. I mean, I graduated with some of the most yeah, yeah. people. My classmates are doing good. You know, I could brag on them. You feel me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't say this, you know, that you're saying that because I grew up in the Haitian community, you know, like I went to school in Lauderdale, but my parents lived in Miramar. So Miramar was nothing but Haitian. But Haitians, yeah. So we were like black Americans were like the minority in Mar. Yeah. So I didn't really grow up, you know, picking on Haitians, but I know it did happen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
where I live, it was so many Haitians, so it was like it wasn't really like picking on Haitians where I live. But I do know that that did happen. I've heard people do it before. And I will say this, um, as much as black people don't like to talk about it because we always try to make racism a black and a white thing, but mm. black people are racist, very racist. They yeah. just notice mm. it. They so caught up on what white people did to black But you can be racist as a black person. You know what I'm saying? Like you could be racist Fact. as <laughs> I'm racist now. Fact. You see? Fact. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So you 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 do you do touch on some points and and I think it just I'm not gonna lie to you when he told me about you I said this is very beautiful because but it is always you have to you know that's what I'm saying it's very important to talk about these things because it leads to a lot of issues we can prevent just like a lot of people don't want to talk about what happened in Texas the guy who did that had mental health issues it it come to find out it says that he was bullied he was transgendered and stuff like that simple stuff. I've always had a policy that, you know what I mean, when you when you the one who being picked on, you're not going to be the one picking on other people. But a lot of people don't understand that. You have some people who in society are very privileged. And I'm saying like privilege is in a point. I want you to touch on that too. Because you said something earlier that I think it was very prevalent that you say, you know, a lot of people might look at you and think you got everything going together. I ain't going to lie to you. You look like an instrument. You know what I mean? I think... I thought you was like a celebrity when he showed me your picture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To say? I, you know what I'm saying? But look at, I don't even know you. And that's the first thought that came to my mind. Oh, yeah, she must be getting a bag. I didn't know you was a therapist. I had no went on your page. But this is just how society trained us to be. You know what I mean? To be like, I already, it, it's so crazy. I already judged you before I even knew who you was. Oh, yeah, she might be an Instagram. Not knowing you highly more educated than me. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, I want to touch on that. Like, why do you think that the that we very we we're hung up on certain vices on that to you know I me mean, to stereotype people and then to lead off that more than anything? Well, I will say this, um, just to bring a little science in it. Mm-hmm. So the way that our brain works is our our brain puts everything in categories, right? Mm-hmm. So every time that we see something that's familiar to something that we already know, we throw that in that category. That's why when you see somebody you haven't seen in a long time, what's the first thing you do? You bring up something that you remember from their past. You'll be like, so-and-so, or remember Mm. when you at that that football game, or this, this, and that, or whatever. It's because that's how our mind works. Our mind, every time something comes up, your mind is always trying to find something in your brain to basically put that in that category. And if you're someone that's not well-versed, or if you look at the same thing daily, your categories are not going to be a wide variety. So we pretty much have these small boxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like having a conversation with somebody and you're telling them one thing and they keep saying, oh, it's like this. And you're like, no, it's not like that. It's like this. And they're like, no, it's like this. That's because their mind can only relate it to what they're trying to relate it to. They can't really understand or comprehend what you're trying to get them to understand. So scientifically, the way we're created it's a natural thing. That's why I say a lot of this stuff that we do, you have to truly like, un- I mean, consciously every day, not do it. Mm-hmm. That's changing and healing is so hard because what you're basically doing is unlearning all of the things that you learned that was right. And once you feel like something is right, it's hard to change it and tell yourself that it's wrong, especially if you've been doing it for a long time. So as society, what we do is we basically categorize everything. 
what we know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, because that's for me. Like, if, if I go through social media, me personally, I don't follow certain people. So I take a lot of that other, like you said, Instagram models and all that stuff. Yeah. Follow them. So when I see people, I'm always putting them either in a, a therapeutic category. Okay. Entrepreneurship category or a wife category. Like, so it's basically what you feed your mind, and then your mind is going to pretty much categorize everything that you're that you're looking at. So that's why it's kind of so important. I tell people that all the time. Like, for one, the first thing you want to do, this is how you stop yourself from doing that. When you meet people, I always tell people for me, and this is a good way to learn how to forgive people when they do stuff to you. I always take people for who they are until they show me something different. I don't look at people and try to be like, Oh, like, like how people be like, oh, he looked like this. He like he got money because he drive his car or she looked like she got a lot of kids because she do this or this and this and that. I don't do none of that. I meet you for who you are until you show me something completely different. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to take on it. I don't assume nothing about nobody because honestly, this would assume it does too. Like everybody knows, like, like you assume you make an ass out of yourself. But not only that, assuming takes too much work. Like, when you assume stuff about somebody, now you got to try to put their whole life together in your head. Like, oh, well, I wonder if, oh, well, she probably do this, or he probably like that, or this. I ain't got time for that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to meet you. You tell me who you are. If if your actions and your lifestyle don't line up with what you told me, then I can create my own conclusion about you. But I'm one of those people that take people for who they are, man. Like, we have to stop kind of, you know, looking at people and, and stereotyping them because, honestly, I've met some awesome people when I go to stores for some reason, like, I guess it's that, that therapy side of me, people see mm. me, I meet in stores. When they, as soon as they meet me, they tell me their whole life story. Mm. I assume nothing about these people. People come up to me and I still talk to them, you know, like, I don't think like, oh, well, he's going to rob me or he a bum or nothing like that. I take people for who they are until they show me something. But, but I'm going to be honest with you. You have a very welcoming face. Mm-hmm. You, you have like, like I'm talking to you. I could tell you're very easy going to talk. You have a very welcoming spirit. A lot of people are not going to be, a lot of people are going to, especially if they have trauma, you mm-hmm. might look like something that might've traumatized. I'm not going to say nothing. Mm-hmm. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, she, you know what I mean? And this way we go to going back to the traumas of dealing with what we're dealing with. Be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, let me say hi to her. You know what I mean? And then that's also a cultural thing too amongst black people. We, we, unless you have enough courage, you know not to step to certain people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is why. And I, I, yeah, but I want to also, also ask you a question because this is something that a lot of men deal with when it comes to dating as well. They always say black women is always angry. Can you, can you explain that type of stereotype? Why? And it's coming from yeah. black men. They say it all the time. Black women is always angry. I'm keeping it real. You yeah. see them, you smile at them and they look mad. Can you explain that? Like why that always happened to the black woman? Honestly, man, I feel like a lot of these stereotypes that's thrown on black women come from a place of bitterness. You know, like um, people interact with some one bad thing and then they say like all people are like that. I mean, I'm just get personal with myself. I was married, you know, I'm now divorced, you know, like, and I dealt with infidelity. I dealt with lies, cheating, all types of stuff. But it didn't stop me from dating other black men. It didn't yeah. give me that all black men are dogs, all black men are liars. I still believe in love. I still believe in marriage. I still believe in black men. I still believe black kings exist. It's a mindset. You know, like you as a person, don't sour your mind with the mess. That's why, this is another thing too. Stay off social media. 
stop listening to these people on podcasts that ain't got no education and they just talking from their experience. Like experience is good, but education is a whole lot better. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody could come and tell you, you know, they done dealt with this garbage black woman and she was mean or this and this and that. I hear all of that, but it's all about you as a mindset, you know, because your mindset pretty much is what keeps you from a lot of things. And, and this is something that I say, you cannot attract something if you have the negative mindset about it. And this right. is what I You cannot mm-hmm. say, and I, I talk to my girlfriends about this all the time because they be like, oh, niggas ain't shit. Oh, all niggas cheat. All them niggas don't lie. You give them a chance. I be like, and that's why all y'all not married. All of them be looking at me. They be like, how you always meet me that want to marry you? And I be like, because I don't have that mentality. I don't feel like that. Oh, I don't feel Ooh. like that. So when I meet a man, Ooh. I that are not like that. <laughs> Preach. Preach. Good stuff. And whatever your mindset is, you attract those same exact people. And people don't never understand why. Them same people that's always like, oh, women ain't shit. Niggas ain't shit. You always end up attracting no shit. Me, I don't attract them type of people. Everybody I attract are loving, caring, just like me. Because that's the mentality that I have. I don't think that everybody bad. Of course, there are bad people. But then even still, it's the reason they like that. So I don't, I don't put that stuff in my head like that. So that's a way that you can change that. But I will say this too, um, a lot of that too comes from their childhood. You know, like that's why I say parenting is so important. And I see this too, like if you, cause especially these single moms, like a lot of these women be talking about niggas ain't shit, but then they raising no shit niggas. And I'm going to tell you. I didn't say it. So, <laughs> I didn't say it. Mom, Go ahead. you're, you're coddling your son, right? You're coddling your son. Yeah. Not him how to be responsible. You're talking about his daddy like a dog in front of him. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to be shit just like his daddy. So guess what? When he grows up, he remembers these things. This stuff don't go away. This is stuff you embedded in your son. So now guess what? Since you don't told your son all this stuff, now when he grow up, what he think? Oh, black women ain't shit. All Me- black Niggas in the comics say they ready to marry you, Shotwell. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. Real talk. Excuse my language. Real talk. No, no. Listen, you're saying something. We we say this. It's just it's just beautiful to hear a woman say this because you know when they say this, when we say it is wrong. Well, you know that that's that mind. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 it's wonderful to say that you, you're very self-aware about it. Now, now it, it's crazy this, because there's some other stuff I want you to talk about, but I want you to hone in on this one subject, because I want to hear your perspective. Why do you think, because I do, I want to hear about Treasure University. I want to hear about that. I want you to talk about your skincare line, because I watched one of your videos. You was in there with the pot. You was in there with the pot making the soap. I want to talk about that. Why do you think why do you think, as for coming from a therapeutic point of view, why do you think black women have a disdain for regular men? Um, what you mean, like the nine to five men? The nine to five, like I call him the Jean Baptiste. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I call him, the Jean Baptiste, the the Shannons, the the Larice, the Lennox, the niggas that work at Valvoline, the niggas who. You say that that's another um social media myth. Yeah. All of my friends are like, we all degree, well-established, and we yep. all take on it. We don't want a man with a lot of money. Like, we don't want that, that typical man that, that everybody wants. And so I think that's a social media myth that some okay. of these, a lot of these younger girls, that's another thing. And I want to say this because 
I hate when mature older women get compared to statuses that 23 mm -hmm. and 20-year-olds are making. Yeah. Because you talk to a grown, mature woman, she ain't going to say she don't want a man with a nine-to-five. She want a working man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want a man that got a good job, bringing home money. I think I think it's a mentality thing. You know, like, when women are younger, they probably want that fun, young, you know, that fun guy that look like he got the money or whatever. Scammer. If you're maturing, yeah. those kind of Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ...to you anymore. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't say that the 9 to 5 guy is not appealing to women because he's very much so. I think it's the type of women that you're looking at. You know, that's another thing, too. Like, when you're talking about women and what they like... Yeah. Know, Put us in different categories because not all women like the same type of men just like all men don't like the same type of women but i think men look for the girls that look good on the outside and don't yeah. really focus on the inside and that's but but, but but you know men are visual creatures we all are women are too that, that it you are right but listen here a, a a woman would um would overlook looks for resources mm. think about listen shot well shot well think about it some women will overlook looks for resources because I don't see some women with some humbugs for some niggas who got that sack. But the point I'm trying to say this, I just want to hold on this one point. We live in Florida, right? Not a lot of niggas here got degrees. Be real about it. Yeah. Most of these niggas either work at Publix Warehouse, when Dixie Warehouse, exclude, exclude the bus drivers, exclude the truck driver niggas, exclude them. <laughs> Drivers make good money. My dad no, no, they, 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 they make good money. They make good money. They, make good money. they make good money. But I want to exclude them because not every, not all women are fucking truck drivers. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the Valvoline niggas who work at Walmart. I'm talking about these typically are mostly what women are in the most vicinity with. Am I wrong? Yeah. They have so they can't get a nigga with. Sometimes most women can't get a nigga with money. Typically, these are the guys that are trying to holler, but they be thinking that they have a disdain for these type of men. And I, I just was trying to wonder is if it's such a problem, why is it that, you know, these are the only guys that are hollering at you? Why would you? <laughs> well, this is another thing. Um, a lot of people are not self-aware. That's something I preach about all the time. A lot of people yeah. are not aware. So they look, everybody for the majority of the part put themselves on pedestals, right? Yeah. So I am this and you're that. You know, yeah. most people do, especially people that's not self-aware. When they're not self-aware, it's 10 times worse. So now yeah. it's they the queen and you the peasant. Like, who, who are you? But here's the thing with that, right? So a lot of that too stems from them being boosted up by social media because the yeah. reality 
if you're talking about bagging a rich guy, right? How many of rich guys are out there? You know, like, yeah, you probably got a lot of scammers, but how many rich guys that have legal money, you know what I'm saying? Legally that are rich and that can really take care of you long-term because that scamming shit don't last long. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Especially if they ain't got no, no, no brain behind it to actually invest it in some businesses and stuff like that. So I would say this, I think, I hate social media. That's, that's my thing on it. Uh -huh. I blame it social media because in the era that we live in now, this is where people are looking to, to live their lives. You know, people are getting advice off of social media. People are basically basing their life off of what they see on social media and it's killing, it's killing them. I yeah. really want to talk about how social media is causing depression and anxiety, but people not ready for that conversation. No, when they're I, not. Like that, people be like, oh man, you're being too deep. And I'm not because what you're doing is if you go everywhere, everybody got a hand in their phone. They in a nightclub and they phone like this the whole time. You're not even enjoying yourself because the whole time you got your phone, social media, you want everybody to see you having fun. If you having fun, you ain't got to be doing all that. But that is, it's like people want to be like what they see other people having. And a lot of this stuff people post to one ain't real. It's not true. And if they is together, you don't, you don't know how their relationship are. You don't know if they're faithful to each other, if they honor each other, if they value each other. It's just so much that come with that. I just really wish people would use their own mind, be their own person, and stop looking to social media to live their life. And I think women especially, especially do that. And that too comes from, and I'm going to say this because I just want to keep going back to childhood because everything goes back there. Mm -hmm. Women, and, and people hate when you say this, but it's the truth. You got a woman that grew, that grew up with a father. Got a woman that don't. Preach. It's huge difference. Grew up in a home with my dad. Yeah. My dad was a hardworking man. I've seen my dad do more for our family than I've seen my mom do. My mom actually was the one that stepped out on my dad. So my take on relationships is completely wow. okay. So so when when I start having conversations with people and they're like, oh, men ain't shit, I'm like, nah, it's some women that ain't shit too. So you know, it's like it all goes back to childhood. It all goes back to what you seen as a child, what you seen your parents do. So me seeing my dad be a hardworking man, like I said, he's a truck driver, he makes good money, be a hardworking man, hold down the house, take care of kids, without a wife, do all of this, I always go for that type of man. But if you're a woman that grew up in a house without a dad, so you had to depend on outside like scammers to take care of you, yeah. you need money. You know, you you needed that bag, well, you needed them yeah. to he buying you. I didn't need that. I had a dad. I had yeah. somebody. I had somebody that told me I was beautiful every day. So I didn't need that from a man. But if you grew up as a girl without your dad, not having that father figure there, not having that man take you out on dates and buy you things, now you're looking for that outside of your... So guess who you're going to talk to? The scammers. Yeah. So a lot of these women grow up and they still have that same mentality like, oh, I need a man to take care of me. Man, a man, listen, as a man, the only woman you should be taking care of is your wife. Women who Preach. feel this Oh, a man should be taking care of me and this and this and that are most likely women who didn't grow up with a dad because yeah. when you dad, you already have somebody to take care of you. I'm 36 years old. I call my daddy for everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, even when I'm in relationships, I still call my daddy because I have a dad. But when a woman don't have a dad and you don't have that man there, guess what? You calling on a nigga for everything. Oh, um, my lights ain't paid. Oh, um, my car got towed. This and this and that. No, nope. when my car get towed, I call my daddy. I'll be like, daddy, <laughs> daddy. But see, that's the difference. And, and that's why I kind of, you know, my heart 
goes out to women who don't grow up with a dad because it is a complete difference. You know what I'm saying? And how they even how they interact with men, it's a difference. I know how to respect men because I grew up respecting my dad. I could tell. Uh, with a dad, you're not gonna know how to respect the man. You're not gonna be listening to no man telling you what to do. You're like, who is you? You telling me what to do because they've never had that. So, so that's why conversation changes when you go yeah. back to childhood. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I want to head back to childhood real quick. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, it happened to me and it might have told people too, you know, back in childhood that maybe a parent maybe did something that probably hurt them, you know, mentally and emotionally. And they carried it all the way to, you know, to adulthood. And then, you know, maybe, you know, maybe mid-20s and 30s, they think about, you know, what their parents did in the past and everything. And I feel like sometimes, like, um, there might be, you know, you know, when they're adults, they want to, you know, talk to their parents about it, but they're kind of afraid to do it because they might, they put their parents in a high, you know, a high pedestal. Like, you know, I should not question my mom or dad, something like that. So what do you say to those people that, you know, maybe they, they was hurting the past when their parents did and trying to help, you know, confront their parents, you know, and really have a conversation about that? And that's my last question I have. Do it anyway. This is something that I'm still going through with my mom. I've been trying to heal the relationship with my mom for years because mm-hmm. of this right here. She don't want it. What she did wrong, she don't want to admit that she hurt me because a lot of times, who parent, especially parents, they see you talking about your pain as a personal attack on them, and that's right. not this. This is for you to get free. Do it anyway because honestly, the only way you're gonna free yourself from that emotional baggage is you express yourself about it. And trust me, they ain't gonna want to hear it. I haven't met too many parents that was okay with their child coming and telling them like, "Hey, look, you did this to me, and it's messing up my relationships." You know, like. Because like I said, instead of them looking at it as an opportunity for them to learn and grow from it, they see it like you're like a personal attack on them, like you're attacking them, like you're trying to say they're doing something bad or they was a bad parent. Nobody's perfect. And this is what we got to understand. And this is something you can share, you know, with your parents. I encourage people, talk to them and let them know like, hey, look, mom, dad, I'm not trying to say you was a bad parent. But I do want to let you know there were some things you did when I was a child that I noticed is now affecting my adulthood. And it, and it does. Everything happening in your childhood will affect your adulthood, especially your relationships, especially your relationships. So it's so important that you talk to your parents about that. And like I said, a lot of times they're not going to want to hear it. Most parents probably not even going to confess up to it. They probably going to be like, they're going to be in denial about it, all types of stuff to deal with. But I promise you, if you get it out, it's going out of your heart and out of your mind. Now, you no longer have to deal with that. Now, it's up to your parents to deal with it. So, now that you see, like, hey, you know, I spoke to them about it, whatever they do with it, that's on them. But now, it's no longer plaguing me. So, I think it's so important that you have those conversations with your parents. And like I said, whether they want to hear it or not, it's still going to be very therapeutic for you because you're no longer holding that in the inside of you. Now, you get a chance to release that. So you can new things to come inside your heart and new things to come inside your mind. But a lot of times when we don't talk about these things, we end up repeating these things. I don't know if you guys have children, but this is why it's so important. I tell people all the time, all that stuff that your parents did that you didn't like, all that stuff they said to you or did to you or whatever that hurt your feelings or whatever it is, talk to them about it before you have children. Because if you don't, you're going to do the same thing to your kids. And that's why people as a child, because I remember as a child, be like, I ain't, ain't going to never treat my kids like this, this, and this, and that. But then when I had my daughter, because she was my first child, 
I forget the notice. I used to talk to her the same way my mom talked to me. I was like, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, hold up. This ain't right. But mm-hmm. that's, I never addressed these issues with my mom. And that's why I said it's so important to make sure you address these issues because if you don't, you're just going to end up repeating that cycle. So you got to break that cycle, man. You got to talk to your parents about it, whether they want to hear it or not. And then if they get mad at you, guess what? Fuck them people. That's my mom. I tell people this all the time. Fuck them people. Because people, and, and, and this is the thing, and this is why I hurt so bad. The people <laughs> you're always going to have to set boundaries with, the people that hurt you the most, the people that 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 you know that, that caused the most trauma in your life, all of that are always going to the people that you love the most. So guess who they're gonna be? Your parents, your family, your cousins, your long-term best friends. So that's why it's so important that you don't put them on a pedestal because we do that all the time. Like, oh, I've been friends with them for so long, you know, we loyal, this and this and that. But if your friend been treating you any kind of way, fix that. Let them know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to keep letting them do that because they've been your friend for so long. Just like a parent. Just because you're my mom, I honor you and I respect you, but I'm not going to let you disturb my peace. I'm not going to let you cause me additional trauma. I'm, no. So that, that's where you draw the line. That's where the boundaries come into play. So please, yeah, you definitely, you know, you want to have a conversation with your parents, whether they want to hear it or not. It's better on them than it is on you. That's <laughs> Hey, you, you dropping so many gems. Niggas in the comments say she's dropping the truth. So I want you to talk about bait therapy. And I want you to go talk about bait therapy. Then talk about Treasure Universe. Is it I'm saying it right? Treasure Universe. Yeah. Treasure Universe. I want you to talk about um I'll start with Treasure Universe and then that's how I kind of got into bait therapy. But mm. um probably like some years ago, I was suffering with some like health conditions they didn't know what it was they thought it was like lupus they thought i had um all different types of stuff they was trying to say it was doing mm-hmm. all this and i was like mm. so i was listening to this radio um interview that neo did and neo mm-hmm. he was having some problems with his knees and he was like you know i became vegan and he was like my knees you know they got better this and that so i was like you know what let me try this so i stopped eating meat and I noticed like all these symptoms started to go away. So when I went back to the doctor, they started testing me and everything. And they was like, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you did is working. So that I want to say that was in what, 2017. So since 2017, I stopped. Eating. Wow. And it was tremendously, you guys. So that's how I started with the Treasure Universe, because I started to notice that a lot of products that we use have meat in it. So it was like, it made no sense for me to stop eating meat, but then I'm still using soap and lotions that have animal fat in it. So that's how I came up with Treasure Universe because I started making my own products. I started making my own soap, started making my own lotion, deodorant, everything. Because I was like, at this point, everything in the store got animal fat in it. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, like, so if you're somebody that don't eat meat, be mindful of that. Start Googling up these, um, these health products that you're using, anything you're using on your skin. Google the ingredients, and I assure you, most of them have animal fat in it. So if you don't want to have animal fat in your body, you're going to have to find some natural products. So that's how I came up with Treasure Universe. Um, And then from there, it was more so like, okay, now I'm taking care of my physical health. Let's start working on this this inside. You know, like, let's start working on how I'm feeling and things like that. So that's why I came up with Bay Therapy. I was already in school to become a therapist. So I already knew it was something I wanted to do, um, branch out and do on my own. And um, that's how I came up with Bay Therapy in a sense for body and everything. So I wanted to basically show people that it's all connected. The mind, body, and soul is all connected. So that's what Bay Therapy is all about. 
to let people know that you can't take care of the body and neglect the mind. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't take care of the mind and neglect the soul because it all it all aligns together. So it's all about putting that mind, body, 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 and soul. I'm saying sorry, the body, mind, and soul all in alignment. So that way you could be the healthiest person that can be. And until you achieve that, you're gonna always be on that little roller coaster ride. Like I know people be like, you know, we have those highs and lows of life, but you can really live a happy fulfilled life you really really can but you just got to understand that it's all connected even in what you eat it's connected to how you feel mm. you know even in how you you interact with people it's all connected all of that is connected like my goal for me my goal was when people come in contact with me i wanted them to feel my energy like i wanted them to feel the goodness you know like i wanted them to feel that healing and that happiness and that joy. So that was like what I worked on, you know, basically becoming completely whole in my mind, body, and soul. So that's what base therapy is all about, like helping people become whole in their mind, their body, and their soul, not just focusing on one thing, but focusing on how it all aligns together. Now, wonderful. No, that's dope. I that's dope. I want to say, um, of course, we want to tell you at the end how can people buy your products and subscribe yeah. to your channel and all these other things towards the end. But I want to, I want to ask you a question because this is the most important question. Can you please explain the importance of self love? I think the black community are suffering from that. We don't know how to love ourselves. Can you please tell them? So, um, self love is really important, and I say that because. Even as growing up, and a lot of Black people, they grow up in, because I grew up Christian, you know, in Christianity. And Christianity was all about self-sacrifice, self-sacrifice, self-sacrifice. And I think that is something that has really kept the Black community in a chokehold because we were so, that was so, like, embedded in our brain as as one of churches. I know, like, I was forced to go to church as a child all my life. You know, go to church, you know, love the Lord, this and this and that. Love, love everybody, this and this and that. And always talking about love thy neighbor and love this. But what about loving yourself? What about loving on you? You know, because that's where it starts. And I think that's one of the issues with the Black community because Black people are so, you know, involved in religion. And that's one of their main things. So a lot of the things that we learn comes from that. And that's, I talk about it all the time because now that I'm in another space with how I move with God, I'm not into that religious stuff no more. So I come against a lot of that that, you know, those religious sayings that we were taught growing up that basically keep us in, sh- in shackles because that's really what it does. And a lot of black people, because even now when I talk to my family about it, I'm like, man, y'all don't love y'all system enough. They be like, you better love Jesus. And I be like, See, that's y'all probably are like, y'all so busy focusing on telling everybody to love Jesus and love Jesus that you don't even love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, it's impossible to love anybody else. If, if I can't, if I don't know how to give myself love, how am I going to give it to you? Like, make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and if love is not in you and it's not a part of you, how can you give something you don't have? So that's another thing. Like, if I don't have self-love in me, me loving myself, taking care of myself, how can I give something I do not have? If I don't have it within me, I can't give it out. And and that's why a lot of people, because what a lot of people think is love nowadays, sadly, is not. Sadly, it is not, you know, and it's really sad because a lot of people are going to live their entire life and never really have a true, loving, genuine relationship, even with their parents. That's another thing. Like, you know, especially when I could say so much with religious, I ain't even gonna go there because we're gonna get off topic. But um, <laughs> no, but you, you, you're telling the truth, though. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The whole, I'm telling you, it's a whole nother ballgame. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of trauma in religion. In yeah. Fact, talk about it because... They don't want the church and people to come against them. But I mean, I lost a lot of my family over that because I come against it a lot because I, I be wanting people to understand the same thing that you love so much is the same thing that's keeping you in shackles. The same thing that's preventing you living a happy, prosperous life. Because when you look at it, a lot of these people that, that praise God and, and love Jesus and, and, and be giving all their money to the church, they mm-hmm. and live unhappy. And that's the reality of it. I mean, let's be real. We really want to get real about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not the life that God set out for us to live. You know, like, <laughs> so like I said, another topic, you know, like we have to start letting this stuff make sense. You know, if the Bible says, and God says, I come to give you life and I come to give you more abundantly, then why I'm living poorly, you know, and not just financially, but I'm living poorly mentally, you know, I'm living poorly spiritually. All of this stuff, like, so it, it's not, it's not adding up. It's not making sense. And it's because that's that piece that, you know, that Christians are missing. They're missing that self-love piece. You know, they're missing that take care of me can be able to take care of others, you know, because it's so much of that whole martyr type thing that Christianity, you know, put in our head, like we got to be a martyr, but it's like, how I'm going to be that? And then I'm not going to be no good for myself and I'm not going to be no good for nobody else. Facts. But it's, 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 in a, it's bad teaching, man. Facts. I speak, you preaching, sister. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a lot of bad teaching, man. Like, if we really go back, that's where everything starts back to, to childhood and foundation. And if you go back to that foundation, then you'll be able to move forward because that's what's, that's what's holding a lot of us back. And a lot of it is religion. I hate to say it, but it is what it is. You know, a lot of Black people ain't going to like it, but y'all so busy focusing, loving on Jesus that you're yeah. not yourself and you're not loving on your kids. That's why you have so many religious people when their kids tell them that they're gay they tell them they're going to hell yeah tell them i don't love them that's not of god it, it's not you know i, I dealt with it in my family I, they do it to some of my cousins and i'm like how do you that's your child like you're I, i'm gonna love my kids no matter what i don't care i don't care what that book says okay <laughs> i'm gonna love my kids and and if god is love then that's all it should be about it should always be about love but you know we, we were taught, I, I always say we were taught wrong, you know, just in, in the church, how they teach it to us. They tell us to love one thing, but then hate another thing. But we also know that love and hate cannot dwell together. So if you're telling me to hate people that live their life like this, but then in another sense, you're telling me to love everybody, that's contradiction. It don't, it don't add up. But that's why I tell people, you know, it's important to go back and 
research the history of the Bible because the Bible has been rewritten. A lot of books have been taken out. So that's like I said, that's a whole nother topic. We go all night on that. But when it comes to the Bible, you know, black people, that's their life. You know, that like they live by that. And a lot of it, a lot of the, the scriptures and a lot of the teachings that they have from that, that very own Bible that they live by, it's the same thing that's keeping them in shackles. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I see you I see you feel very strongly about that religion. Yeah, because listen, I from my I used to be an ordained minister. So I'm I used to be really, really deep in it. And that's why I can really talk about so, it. So you was a Proverbs 31 wife? Listen, yes. <laughs> That life no seriously like i live that life i've seen all the contradiction you know like i've seen these people stand in the pulpit and tell y'all one thing but live another you know so yeah it's so firsthand and i'm not trying to say like all pastors are bad or nothing like that because i don't want them to be cancel culture to be coming for me yeah. but i'm just telling you like you gotta use discernment you know like you gotta know what's coming from god and what's coming from man and a lot of this stuff that's being taught to us is man inspired and it's not god inspired Mm. Now I, I want to ask you. This is my last question. What if you was in my shoes? What you think I should have asked you this whole time we've been talking? Like, what, what you think I should act? You know what I mean? That you think I think my viewers should know, or what what you represent, or what anything? What you think I should I, I should have asked you since I've been sitting here listening? Um, I would say I'm all about mental health and I'm all about self love and self awareness. So mm. I think I on all of those topics. Yeah. When people see me, I want them to see God, but I want them to see God in a way that relates to them. Mm-hmm. Say that because the church has put God in a box. Listen. So you said, you said when you see me, you thought I was the Instagram model. I did. But people actually come in contact with my energy. They feel the love of God. And that's my goal. I think that's what God wants from us. He wants us to live a life that edifies him and glorifies him. That way, when people see us, they can feel God's love. You yeah. know, like not putting him in a box, not trying to say, oh, you have to dress like this or you have to wear your hair like this. Because I dealt with that as a minister. You know, people tell me, oh, why you wear weed? Why you wear lashes? This is that. And I'm like, because this is me. You know, like I'm different. I'm not like you, you know. And I think we put a look on what holiness looks like or what godliness looks like. But that's, that's not what it is. God is love. So my goal is that when people see me, they can see the love of God in me. And that will basically encourage them to do the same, but in their own way. Well, yeah. You were talking like a five percentages. <laughs> you said, when you see me, see God. You know, yeah. five percenters say that. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, 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 but that, but that, but that, but that's real. That, 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 that is real. I also want to add, that is real. Do you think, do you think that a lot of people are more receptive to you? Cause you're like, you're pretty. That too. I think, um, as for men anyway, but I'm yeah, like, yeah. some women too can be like that. But, um, I would say this, like you said, you say men are visual creatures, but we all are, you know, um, we're yeah. all attracted to nice things. I'm going to say, yeah, nice. Yeah. okay. I'm going to say nice things. Because um, what it is, is people feel your energy before they really see you. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, you see something pretty, but you also feel, you know, yeah. feeling what we feel. And like I tell people, like, you're never, people don't really too much remember what you said or what you did to them, but they always remember how you make them feel. So it's about that feeling that people get when they see you. 
And I think when people come in contact with me, especially men, because I get that whole little pretty red girl syndrome, they be like, oh, I thought you was going to yeah. be me. You cool as hell. And I'm like, yeah, because see, you was going off of stereotype. No, you. that is true. You came in contact with this energy. You was like, oh, man, you know like I'm, I'm not going to even lie to you. I have a whole different perspective about you since we... <laughs> Like, like on, on some on some real G shit, if I seen you on the street, I wouldn't even approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm about to say that's kind of a problem with this. It's not like, me. Go oh. by, you know, they don't go by the concept of character. They just go by, oh, you know, stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. But hearing you talk, and this is why I've always advocate for women to holler at niggas to kill that noise. You know what I'm trying to say? Because a lot of men are not as um. Or, you know what I mean? Right now, you see the whole Me Too movement. A lot of men are not going to approach women. But I'm just saying, just hearing you talk, I'm damn, you really are damn. Yeah. Women have their ways that they kind of open the door for men. So I'm going to just tell y'all some things that women do. Um, It depends on how modest she is because... Hey, a lot of women grew up religious like me. So they grew up with the whole mindset of, you know, a man supposed to find a wife, this, this, and that. Yeah, yeah. Mindset surrounding that. But... Some things women do, like if they're out, she might wink her eye, or she might like keep looking at you, or something like that, or she might wave, you know, just a little slight, or she might look at you one time and then kind of like double back again. So it's little things that, you know, women do to let you know that they like you. But I think sometimes men miss that mark, you know, like they be like, is she, does she like me or is she? We not we you know most men are not used to like very social cues like you know what I mean that's why I say it's better to be verbal because let's be honest like a lot of us can't read minds you know what I'm saying so that's why I say it's good to hear these type of conversations point that out you know what I mean and do very like like we we have to do a whole restructuring as far as this. yeah you know what I mean because you said a lot do you see yourself getting married yeah. someday oh yeah of course. Of course. Um, I'm a help I'm a hopeless romantic. Like I I firmly believe in love. I believe that um I'm not gonna say like you have to be married to to be in love, but I think that um I believe in the institution of marriage. I believe that people should be married, you know, like even though this whole little new women feminine thing where it's like, you know, I don't need a man or I don't have to be no, I need a man. Just like man need woman, you know, woman needs man need woman. That's just how it goes. We all need each other, and I'ma just get biblical with y'all. But that's why the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone, and it's not talking about a man. It's talking about woman and man because we're both men. And the Bible, man, woman and man, team. It's not good for man to be alone, and this is why. And I tell people this all the time: stay clear from people that has not have any type of longevity in their relationship because relationships are what help you build character because guess what if you're always on your own you're always alone who gonna check you yeah nobody you oh shaquana that's not right for you to think like that or oh shaquana that's not right that you're doing that you don't have nobody to check you you don't have nobody to bring in that balance so when you deal with people that have not been in a relationship for a long time, and I know we probably all done dated somebody like that, we like, man, you selfish as hell. Like, do you not see you do this? Mm-hmm. That's because they not used to being in a relationship. They not used to having that balance, that, you know, that masculine energy to come in and, and check that feminine energy, you know? And then as a man, you need that feminine energy to come in and kind of soften up that masculine energy. Like, we need that balance, you know? Like, I'm, I'm not going to put my values and my morals on the people but as a therapist, relationships are very important. So 
people who cannot keep healthy relationships in their life, that is a red flag, okay? Like that right there is the first sign to let you know that it is them. <laughs> you know how you meet people and they like telling you all these issues they done went through, but it's everybody else's fault. Yeah, because he did this, or you yeah, because she was a bad friend, or she was jealous of me, and this and this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, well, what you did? Because you were coming to nominate in all these broken friendships. And so I think it's very important that um that you have relationships in your life because you need that support. But um me and me and myself personally, I definitely see myself being married again. Like I don't see myself living alone, dying alone. That's that's not my goal. <laughs> That's not how I want to live my life. Like, I want to have a partner. I want to have a provider. I want to come in and take care of me, you know. But I just think that, um, I think, too, like, when it comes to me, like like you said, like, you would have never approached me. And um, I date guys. And I'm going to say this. Confidence is really important when it comes to mm. men. And I think a lot of times men lack that. I have had some of the, and I ain't even going to say ugly, but. I have had some men that have approached me that no, ain't no way in hell they have a chance, but they <laughs> the confidence alone. I'd be like, you know what? He was confident. Confidence is everything, you guys. Like people can feel it. Like if you approach a woman and you kind of like timid and you like, mm, she ain't gonna talk to you. She ain't gonna mess with you. Another thing too is, is like I know for me, I'm a sucker for a joke. You know, like lighten it up. You know, like don't come on so strong. Don't make it seem like you know, like. Oh, well, you know, what's up? Or this and this and that. Like, trying to be her friend. Like, trying to get to know her first. Because that's really important, too. Because we all know, like you said, you know, looks is everything. So, you know, the yeah. first thing, when you see somebody, you see their look. But after you see their look, now you got to get to know them. You know, now you kind of got to see what's in their heart and what's in their soul and stuff like that. So, I think it's important that you, for one, have confidence in yourself. And have confidence in what you can provide and what you bring to this person. Because yeah. they, none of us is perfect. You know what I'm saying? I have flaws. We all lack in certain areas in our life. You know, we all need something additional. So I think when you look at it that way, like, yeah, she might look like this, but I got this. You know, I can offer this. So I always look at it in a in a mindset of this is what I offer. Yeah, this is what she has, but this is what I offer. You know, like I can bring. And I like that. You know, I like that type of confidence in a man. You know, I like for a man to be like. Oh yeah, you know what? I see you like this, but this this what I got for you, baby. You know, like <laughs> because they let me know, like you confident in what you bring to the table. You know, like you you don't feel like you know, like I'm too much for you or you too much for me. Like you know, like this what I bring and this what you bring. Nice. Yeah. So the final question. So the final question is, um, how can the people follow you? How can the people buy your products? All the good stuff. So you know, drop people. It. Yeah. Drop it, Trevor Treasure Universe. Let us know where we can get at you. So, um, look, that's my baby. Well, you can get <laughs> my products from Treasure Universe. I'm going to just give you my IG handles and all of my websites are on there. So, for skincare, you can follow me at Treasure Universe on Instagram. And then um, the website is treasure.net. And then ask for base therapy if you need any therapeutic services, any counseling or anything like that. You can follow me at base therapy on Instagram. And then also, too, I have a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to at-risk youth, and I do a free summer camp for them every summer, and the summer camp this year theme is about entrepreneurship and empowerment. So this is like my project that I'm working on currently right now. This is the third year that I'm doing this. I'm really excited about it. But um, basically, nice. different people, different business owners come out, and they teach these children different trades. 
And this year, we actually have Miami Trade House that's coming out. They're going to be teaching these kids how to trade, y'all. So this is going to be major. Mm. So have a child between the ages of 12 and 18 years old. You live in South Florida. Come to Safe House Corporation on IG. Sign your child up for the camp. Let them come out there and learn some trades so they can come home. And- <laughs> yeah, let us know you need anything from us. Like you want us to promote the um, your, your youth camp, everything. And then, we, you know, we got you on the back end. Well, thank you. Yeah, but like, but you know, it was all, it was great to have you. Thank you for responding to my messages so people can see that, look, we get everyday people on the show that's doing great things. And look, and even in the black community. So I want people to see that because, you know, the black community been shut down so many times and it's time to build up that same passionate woman like yourself and men to bring back to help out the community. And you did an awesome, an amazing job. I love it. We got to have you back again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm asking, you've been very vocal. The niggas in the comments, they've been talking heavy. They was like, damn, we need to bring more women that's bad like her. <laughs> B-A-D. That's all I've been seeing. B-A-D. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I mean? I, I just want to say... Um, it, it's been a pleasure talking. You have a very beautiful energy. Um, you um, you surprised me, actually. I'm u- listen, listen, listen. They tell you I'm usually a rowdy person. I had no reason but to just shut up. <laughs> I had to shut up the whole podcast. I, you know what I mean? This is where I say that I'm not intimidated. Mm-hmm. I'm not intimidated. So this is nice, man. This is nice. You um, it's it's a beautiful thing to see a woman like you in your staff. You know what I mean? To who going out there and good thing, and I just. Appreciate you so much, Miss Shotwell. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys too. The conversation was awesome. I'm always having oh, the conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, definitely listen. You don't I'm listen. I'm a, Go ahead. No, I'll tell I'm gonna bring her back again when we have relationship summit and stuff we, like that. When we talk about we, relationship, we, we because, talk about a know, lot of relationships. Okay. We talk about relationship here. Like a lot of the stuff you say we echo here, mm-hmm. and they say we we be hating, but you're the only person who actually echoes the mindset that we're, we're trying to teach people you know yes. what I mean? yeah like 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 the whole time you've been here you've been very respectful you, you you've been very feminine do i need to like capitalize that you've been very feminine <laughs> you know what i mean like you showed that you have discernment i could feel the meekness coming out of you and the mm-hmm. fact that you said that you was like a pastor even even says that you know what i mean like okay that so she really was about that proverbs 31 when I say that, people, you know what I mean? Like, so being submissive, like, you don't feel touchy when I say stuff. When I mention stuff like that to the other girls we have on it, they say I'm not nobody's slave. You know. So, <laughs> hey, man, it, 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 I just, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I definitely. Um, I think this is my favorite interview yet. <laughs> I know a lot of people might hate that. I second that. <laughs> I second that. <laughs> So you know, but y'all already know, man. Thank for thank for everybody for tuning in. That being said, Chaos Culture Radio, we out. Peace, Peace. man. I just appreciate y'all just listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.